Hey holes, welcome to Popcorn Hoes, where I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm your other host, Courtney. And this is your Popcast. Oh yeah. Woo! We have an exciting also, episode today. Yes, this is our first ever interview that we've ever done. But first we want to get into our 30 total plays on our last episode, guys. And I don't know if you listened to our last episode, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I said that I would be getting bangs if we had 45 listens, so we are at 30, and so, We're which has, there. uh, brought up a, uh, a hashtag that is currently trending on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little <laughs> bit of a stretch. <laughs> it's a little bit. But hashtag bangs for court, uh, make it trending, all right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, but let's get into the meat of what's happening today. Um, We have Sharif Ali with us right now, where we teased it on our last episode, and he is here. So, Sharif, tell us a little bit about you. What's up, everybody? Um, First, I want to say thank you to Courtney and Shelby, because I kind of, um, I was stalking them, and I hit you up on a DM. Well, actually, no, I hit you up on one of your Twitters, and then... You guys like uh, you DM me back, so I, I was like, "Oh my god, this actually works! This is so cool!" You know, so <laughs> right? I appreciate uh, you responding back to me. You know, so we can actually do this. Um, well, my name's Sharif, and um, originally I'm from uh, Buffalo, New York, um, and now I've relocated my family for about three years, uh, going on three years to Charlotte, North Carolina, and oh, so nice. you know, I mean, other than what has already been kind of introduced before. Uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been preaching since I was a teenager, and um, I am writing a book. Well, I've written the book and written the book, and it's coming out on December thirty first, which happens to be my birthday. And um, oh. yeah, so it's like a special one for me. So I'm guilting everybody to please purchase that book because that could be a wonderful birthday present for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate yes, that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh but um, work. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Where can we find your book? So uh, within, yeah. the, uh, within the week, the um, the website will be launched and um, also like the link for how to do like the pre-sales. And of course, uh, okay. the book will be hosted on uh, Amazon. So the pre-sales will happen there. And then the official release will happen on the 31st of December. Oh, perfect. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. That's so exciting. And this is your first book, right? This is my first book. Ladies, it has been a journey, okay? Oh, yeah. um, this has been an eight-year uh, book in the making. And oh, wow. it's only because, partly because of me being a perfectionist, so I always find mm-hmm. something wrong with it and I have to redo it. But then the other yeah. part was I needed to increase like my parenting skills. You see, because when I originally started the book, it was because I kind of came off from a place of fresh being a mama's boy and mm-hmm. getting past all of those judgments. And so my book had this kind of undertone of my mother's the devil. She's stupid. She raised me the wrong mm-hmm. way. She made yeah. me codependent, you know, and it was really judgy. But I mm-hmm. became more empathetic uh, toward her when I had my first child. And then I had my mm-hmm. second child and then my third child. And I'm like, oh, now I see why you were overprotective. Now I see why you were a bit overbearing, you know? So it kind of yeah. gave me more of a holistic view uh, for the yeah. book. So if you would have released that, like, you know, a couple, several years ago, it would have been a whole different story. Yes, it it, it would have been emoji poop, okay? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it would have been. It just would have been bad, you know? And it, it yeah, it, it, it just wasn't it, but... It's just so mm-hmm. ironic that, you know, my book is coming out the same time as, like, the I Love a Mama's yeah. Boy show that's on uh, TLC. So I just think that this is the window of opportunity. That's mm-hmm. perfect timing. Yeah, perfect. Definitely. Definitely. Did you, have to, did you have to rush some things, or was it just, like, perfect serendipit, serendipitous you know, um, situation? Yeah, the only thing that I had to rush was because this is a self-published book, um, uh-huh. There are rules that I just was not aware of. So, for instance, yeah. I would read books and, you know, like I'm I'm an avid reader, but mm-hmm. I went on Google, you know, and I'm like, what do you do for the layout of a book? And then it showed like the chapters have to always start on the right page. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have oh, wow. ones that are starting on the left, 
and, and then some were signed on the right. So it was like those little fine details yeah. that I just didn't notice. And I was kind of archaic, uh, too. Um, I would still uh, double space after each uh, sentence. And I guess, like, that's prehistoric. You're supposed to single space now. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I had to go through the book and kind of fish through all of that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that took about <laughs> nine hours to do. Um, oh, kill my gosh. life. Okay? I can imagine kill my life but now that all of that is done i'm just trying to do this website and all that and then it'll be up as soon as possible that, yeah that is crazy yeah <laughs> so how did you come up with this name from womb to his mate so um originally the book was called memoirs of a mama's boy that's oh, yeah. that's what the title originally was but i changed it because i saw that it was less of a memoir and more of a how-to. You see, like, oh. so So then I'm thinking, and I'm like, hmm, I came from the womb, and then it's like my mother introduced me to the world, but not, not, not with the proper equipment that I needed. So it's almost as if mm -hmm. my mother handed me off like a baby to my now wife, you know? And so there were a lot of things, a lot of transitions that I had to go through. I mean, many vicissitudes that I just wasn't prepared for as a man because frankly i didn't know and so that's where like the womb acronym kind of came from so uh from the womb to his mate uh but originally i started off this book as just a journal for myself and as i started reading it i'm like whoa this is like like a book and then i'm reading it more as i'm creating and reading i'm like wow this is less of a book and it's more of a blueprint i really just think that oh. it's a blueprint for men who are who identify as mama's boys and for the women who are in relationship with them because i can tell you stories upon stories of women that i've had email me uh they've sent me um youtube uh comments and just the stories these crazy dramatic stories of mothers and like well mother-in-laws and the things that these women had to deal with it was insane and i still get those to this day wow yeah so after this book comes out, you're sending a copy to everyone on the show? That's definitely what I'm doing. I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> That's really I'm smart. I'm definitely doing that. And I'm definitely sending you girls uh, that um, just because, you know, you, you, you're you my first uh, supporters, uh, really, in, in terms oh, of yeah, opening up a platform for me. So I definitely want to uh, gift that to you just to say thank you. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to read it. I don't have a lot of experience yeah. with Mama's Boys. I've never like dated one or had any relationship with one, but I feel yeah. like it would be interesting to read about for sure. It is. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I say like even even if you don't or are not in a relationship with a man who identifies per se as a mama's boy, there are attributes and kind of uh, like uh these uh, characteristics in the book that many men and women can relate to in terms of what their men do, even if they're not mama's boys. So although mm -hmm. it is like specific to that type of man, and I think those people in those like, uh, what do they call them, uh, thruples, like like this triangular like relationship. Uh, yeah, they would benefit I kept calling it trios on yeah, the show. Right, right. <laughs> so if you're in like these trios, right, it's like, um, you know, they would benefit the most, but I think yeah. any woman can kind of see if she's in a relationship with her guy like, oh, my, my guy, he does this. Oh, and this is what I need to do. These are the kind of uh, strategies and techniques I need to implement. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see it being a guide for really anyone possibly having, you know, there's obviously like, you know, situations that come up between mother-in-law and mm -hmm. daughter-in-law that, you know, I'm sure, sure you're, from what you're saying, the book probably can help you yes. kind of navigate tough situations, even if someone's not claiming themselves as a mama's boy. Right. Like, there's still going to be things that come up that are like, oh, like, you know, maybe we need to talk about this and boundaries right. and stuff like yeah. that. Bo boundaries are always going to have to happen in relationships with family and significant others. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, and that was that was really just the whole plan. Again, I, I literally wrote this for myself. And then as I was reading, I was like, wow, maybe this can help other people. So I just started uh, pumping out some YouTube videos about it, just as like a personal journal. And then there were mm -hmm. women, you know, who um, who would uh, who would talk about it. There were men who would agree with me and some other men who would be like, dude, this is stupid. 
you know, my mother is uh, the best thing ever. And my wife is always going to come second to my mom. And I'm like, you know what? No judgment, but at least I have those type of uh, testimonials that I can see and balance out. But I mean, there are guys who really do not like me because of um, <laughs> what I'm saying on there. And I mean, yeah. it's it's just true. I think that like what we often do, especially in those type of relationships, is it's like, is mom first or is my mate first? And mm-hmm. I think even on the show, like uh, somebody said, and I don't recall who it is. I think it was uh, Shakib. He said, uh, you know, like, I love you guys. And well, his mom said, well, do you love me the most? And he was like, yeah, oh. but he, Emily's my girlfriend. You know, it's just a different type of love. And I think yeah. like it's like this whole competition, you know, where we think we're running the same race and you just can't compare a mother to a mate. You, 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 you yeah. just can't and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We even said that on the podcast, too. We were like, it's a different kind of love. Like, they both can be top tier, but it's a different love. It's not the same right. love for each. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with, you, you see, like, the moms and their, well, first of all, where are all the dads? Because it seems <laughs> like everyone on the show has a dad or a husband or a significant other. Yep. But they are never on the show. <laughs> and it's just like, what is your, okay, so what about your love for your husband and your love for your son? Yes. Like, where, like, you know, is that equal? Is your love for your son more? I don't think that that's really the greatest thing to say either. Right. Is that, you know, you love more your husband more or your, you know, your son more. Exactly. You know, that's not the greatest. I think that, um, um, even on the segment of the show, I believe her name is Annette, uh, one of the mothers. Annette, Annette yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's the mother of uh, Jason. I think even um, mm-hmm. her, like she said somewhere in her testimonial that her husband worked a lot of hours, uh, you know. Yeah. And so, like, usually in those type of situation, uh, uh, excuse me, situations, you definitely hear that the father is more so um, in the background and kind of oh, like yeah. the wallpaper. The... You know, he's like there but not there. And... That doesn't mean that, you know, they're not uh, uh, they're not a good dad or anything like that. But I can even mm-hmm. go to uh, to my own personal story. My my father, he did not uh, live in the house with me. Um, I was in mm-hmm. Buffalo and he lived in Ohio to pursue his dreams. And mm-hmm. so with that being said, there was like this gap. And just naturally, the world does not like vacuums. And so if you have a vacuum, something is going to fill it. And so my mother uh, kind of caused me to fill those gaps where my father wasn't there. He would uh, mm-hmm. still call me. Uh, uh, we still have like that father-son uh, bonding time. But most of my life, it was just like, you know, my mom and I. I was the typical uh, kid who was with a single mom. And so there are a lot of uh, ways that I see myself in these guys. And uh, definitely uh, situations that my then-girlfriend, was going through who's my now wife you know um I, I i could tell you so many stories but it's it's, it's just like really interesting it's an interesting uh-huh. journey you know but yeah like the fathers definitely usually play more of a passive role when it uh-huh. comes to the bearish love that the mom gives because at the end of the day the man's like listen i I have to go to sleep with you at night and I don't want to hear <laughs> you know so just like love your son how you love him and have at it I, I know it's uh, i love the interviews that they have with the dads though because yeah. they're so like, insignificant to the show <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like these like crappy little interviews and so just, like, it's weird it's weird man it's like <laughs> it's, even it's so weird much, but i don't see like they um they don't even give them names you know it's just like shakee's dad <laughs> Um, uh, Jason's dad. Like, you know, it's like, what's, what's, what's their names, folks? I don't think, I don't think Shakib's dad even had an interview. Oh, he had like a joint interview with like like the uncle or something, whatever it was. But like, you know, uh, the other guy, Annette's husband, like was like filmed on a camcorder. Like, it's weird. And then cut to, it's weird. And then just cut back to like, whatever drama was happening. I'm still laughing that he was so ignorant insignificant to the episode that I thought it was Jason's brother. <laughs> and he he actually his name's Bill. He actually like listens to the podcast and I said that and he was like they're so cool like blah blah, blah. and I was like yeah sorry I like gave you like the biggest compliment ever. I told you you were like Jason's younger brother and you're his dad. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Yeah, he uh I watched the episode twice. So the first time I was like 
that's that's the brother, right? Because he said something weird that could have sounded like he was the brother. But then mm. when I heard it back, it sounded like, oh, yeah, no, he's the dad. But, like, it, like by the second time, I had to figure out that he was the dad. Otherwise, I would have thought he was just the brother. Right. They also showed his sister... That was like, oh, I know that I know that um, my my mom and my brother have like a better relationship than yep. me and my mom, and I'm fine with it. Yep. Like you know, <laughs> it's less pressure for me. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh man, yeah. So, no. Yeah, we no see clear. in these families that they're like you know some other the, some of the other siblings aren't as close with their mom. But, like, they're cool with it. They're, like, we have an acceptable, normal, exactly. like, relationship with our parents, whereas our son, you know, this like, my brother has this crazy relationship with her mom. Exactly. Super close. Um, let's see. So how would you describe the relationship with your mom uh, in the past till today? Um, you know, for my mother... I would say my mother and I were always close, you know, mm-hmm. and um, uh, we're still close to this day. Uh, 664 miles, that puts us apart a bit. Wow. And so, um, you know, while she's still back in our hometown, I think I I think pretty much, I may not speak to my mother every day, um, but I speak mm-hmm. to her enough, you know, well, uh, mm-hmm. what I think may be enough. Um, and so uh, <laughs> we Is it converse- enough for her though? Right, right. I, you know what? <laughs> there are times, many times, where she'll call me, right? And she says, yeah. hi, Sharif. I'm like, hey, mom. She's like, do you know who this is? I'm like, yeah, oh. mom. I know your voice, and I see the caller ID, you know? And she's like, oh, just wanted to let you know that you do have a mother. I'm like, Ugh. Guilting you. Right. Oh, no. Like, my bad. And um, so, yeah, like, we, we, we were really close. I've kind of... I've kind of grown out of it now. I don't know if grown out of it would be like the right term, but uh, mm-hmm. when when I was younger, probably around the teenage age, I started uh, calling my mother babe. I'm like, yo, what's up, babe, right? So mm-hmm. to me, it was cute. Um, and then I thought it was cute uh, to others until I heard one day when I was older, this older lady who's about like 30 years older than I was, she said, um, she said to one of my friends, yeah, you know, Sharif just has a strange relationship with his mom. Like he calls her... <laughs> They, they they go throughout the mall and he has his arm around her shoulder and things like that, you know? And just like, it's just really weird. Um, so I just didn't see it at that time. Mm-hmm. Really though, too, you know, if my sons were to put their arms around uh, my wife and like they were to walk through the mall, I would be like, cool, because like protect my wife. That's your mom. So go ahead, like, mm-hmm. you know, do what you gotta do. It's a type of love and a friendship that I don't think anything is wrong with, but I can see how it looks weird, especially because I was getting older mm-hmm. and you didn't know if this was my sugar mama, you know, <laughs> Good point. like a massive cougar, you know what I mean? You just couldn't tell. So, Nowadays you can't tell. <laughs> no, right now, no, no, like you really cannot. So I see how that can be weird, you know, but yeah, like yeah. we're, um, we're pretty close. Uh, my wife, my, my mom and I, we're pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so how, how is your relationship with your wife has it has there been any strains because of any kind of closeness of you and your mom or anything like that like kind of like situations that we see in the show um, is there any? <laughs> i have to say four words on that hell to the yes <laughs> there have definitely Go. been many strains um partly because i played a passive role when it came mm-hmm. to my mother and uh, my wife and how to kind of balance the two. Uh, to answer your question, my wife and I have always been just like a spoon coons. We have always been close. Mm-hmm. She is yeah. my friend of all friends. And mm-hmm. there has not been a day that I, I, I have not since we've uh, dated. I've always been with her every single day. Like we work together. After work, we would uh, go out and eat together. Like we were just with each wow. other all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't live without her. But I've seen what has happened is I kind of transferred my mama's boy energy in the beginning to my wife. And so things that I expected my my mother to just do, I put that expectation on my wife as well. And mm-hmm. that did uh, cause a strain. Like there were many times that I just wasn't making decisions and I should have and I wasn't, you know, and it it kind of um, how I put it in the book it caused my wife to have this, if not me, then who mentality. 
And so it's like, you know, he's not going to do it. So I'm going to have to do it, you know? So I asked him to put up the blinds and three days later, they're still on the floor. You know, this man is just not doing it. So I would see her then try to put them up and I'm like, hold hold on, I've got this. And she's like, no, I asked you to have this three days ago and you didn't do it. And I'm like, but I'm the man. You can't do this. I'm the man in the house. And she's like, well, if you're the man, you should have been acting like a man. And then, you know, it just goes this whole back Mm -hmm. and forth. But I can see it's because I played like this laid back role because I'm so used to things being given to me and not Mm -hmm. really having to work for those things, you know. Um, But my wife and I are, you know, we're we're the closest of close. And her her relationship with my mother, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's like normal. I think mother in law, (laughs) daughter in law type of thing. Like they're they're kind of transitioning from in laws to being in love. Like, you know, what I'm saying. That's not her oh, okay. mother-in-law. That's her so mother-in-law. So that's your sequel? Yeah. Oh! Is that your sequel? You just gave me the idea, Courtney. I like that. <laughs> that's a really I'm good phrase. Like I'm that. just saying, you got, you got to, you got to like give me some creds on that, Yes, though. I am. I'm really <laughs> my acknowledgements. Actually, I'm writing that down right now. In-laws to in-love. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Love that's pretty to cool. see it. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of been the transition of it. That's kind of been the transition. They, um, there were some rocky roads. Like, I recall my, uh, um, I took my wife, well, she was in my girlfriend. I took her out mm-hmm. to uh, Charlotte, actually, ironically, because we live here now, but it was to visit my uncle. We stayed at his house. My mother went. We all drove in the car together. Um, they had a conversation, and I, like, walked into it. I don't know what sparked it, but I think that my then-girlfriend was just kind of like, mm-hmm. um, what do you want from me in terms of your son? Like, how can I, how can I uh, prove to you that I'm here? My mother was just all types of like, you know, you're too much for him. You're too this for him, uh, too that, uh, too that. And sometimes moms don't understand when you tell a woman that she's too much, you're kind of uh, subliminally saying to your son, he's not enough. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't have what it takes to kind of be in a relationship with you. But the icing on the cake was my mother said to her, you're his girlfriend. I'm his mother. You're disposable. I'm not. And that, so, you know, she said that, and I'm in the middle of the room, and I'm looking at these two, and they are legit, like, uh, Tyson and Holyfield, like, looking at each (laughs) other. And I'm just waiting for somebody to bite the other's ear off. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? And I froze, and I didn't know what to do. So I didn't stand up uh, for my wife, and I also didn't stand up to my mother and say, hey, that's not cool. I just went mute. And my wife was mm-hmm. so hurt by that, that her whole trip yeah. was just like done, you know? So she like stayed to herself. She kind of feigned uh, hugging and kissing me, but she was just so hurt. And I never really took the time to put those pieces back together until like yeah. later on down the line, she kind of was like, that just really hurt me. And then that's when the healing started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really hard situation because you want to please them both. And I totally understand just staying yeah. mute. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. I don't know what the right thing is. Kind of. Right. Shelby, oh it is so. Yeah. And really, it, it's because, you know, most cases uh, for most of the mama's boys that I've interviewed, they've been uh, conditioned by their mothers to always hear, you know, I'm your first love. You only get one mother in this world. You know, and so you have that playing in the back of your head. So it's like, I do want to stand up for my girl, but I don't know if you're going to be here. Like Mm -hmm. people get married and they get divorced, but it doesn't matter. Like I can't go to court and say, I divorced my mom. She's always going to be my mom, you know? And so it's like, whoa, you get put in between and it is hard, but, um, what I've found is like uh, the secrets that I lay down in the book, you know, and just like one of them is having the confidence, you know, having the confidence within yourself. Once you have that confidence in yourself, you can actually be more secure and you can say like, hey, like I had to have the conversation with me, Sharif, this is your mom. No matter how pissed off she gets at you, she's always going to be your mom. You have brought home grades that she probably wasn't uh, too happy about. You've done things that made her want to bang her head against the wall, but she still loved you unconditionally. And there were there are certain ways that she tried to sculpt you and you just weren't about it. This is one of those 
uh, situations. Does she necessarily want you to be with the woman you're with? No. Does she necessarily like like the woman you're with? Is she doting over her? No, she's not. But this is the decision that I chose. And so when you have the confidence in yourself, you can finally say, everybody is going to choose to respect my my chick. Because if you don't respect her, that means you're disrespecting me. And it took me a while to get to that because I'm like, oh, I don't want to piss anybody off. And I don't want to have these arguments with my mom. And I don't want to hurt her. But as I started to just mature, you know, it's like it's like my emotional age was still stuck at 11. But my physical age was in my 20s at the time. And yeah. my emotional age had to catch up to my physical age. I'm finally there now, which is why I call myself a reformed uh, mama's boy. But mm-hmm. it took... It took a lot of pain and uh, process to finally get to this point. So what? when did you meet your wife? I met my wife in 2000, 2008. Well, we wow. officially met like in uh, uh, 2007, but we started dating in 2008. Oh, okay. So when did you think that you kind of made this uh, reform, you became a reformed mama's boy and like kind of stood, stood up for, and kind of realized what you were just talking about? Right. Was it before you got married? So, um, <laughs> you know what? I wish that I can tell you an isolated incident yeah. or I wish I could even uh, kind of pinpoint like a window of time, mm-hmm. but it was just every year there was something that happened or every few months. So it's almost like, it was just like a process, like an ongoing process. I can't really go back to a, a uh, specific time, but my mind actually um, recalls one time, uh, this is when I got my first apartment. I got my first apartment when I was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I got the apartment is because <laughs> I was sneaking into my mom's house, which was in my house. I was sneaking into my house, going upstairs. I had a, 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 um, a, uh, a fire escape in the back. And so you would take the fire escape to get to the upstairs part of my room. That's and amazing. I would sneak in because I would be with my girlfriend and I would come, like my mother would say at 20, uh, from 21 to 23, you cannot come into my house past 10 o'clock, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I work, I drive, I pay my own stuff. Well, I wasn't the pain to live there. So, but I'm, I'm like, you, you know, I'm <laughs> like, I'm, else. <laughs> right. I'm a grown man, you know? So, yeah. so she set that standard. And so I would find myself sneaking from my wife's house, going back to my house. And then there were times that I also snuck her into my house. Like it was like 11 something night and I would sneak her in. She would walk through uh, the back of uh, the driveway to the backyard and go up the escape. And mm-hmm. I got outed one day by my mother and my grandmother because, like, I come from very, like, dominant women. And so, like, my yeah. grandmother's that way, too. My grandmother would come and say, was anybody here last night? I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, don't lie to me because I saw the shoe tracks in the snow, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that, you know? That's <laughs> amazing. After a while, <laughs> it started getting really embarrassing to me. Like, I, I wasn't even worried about anybody else. I'm like, how embarrassing guys okay listen okay fine you're gonna get the exclusive let me tell you this one story okay Okay. there's one time i'm in the room in my bedroom with my wife and uh we're talking like we're laying on the bed but we're talking not doing anything you know like no sex no oral no anything like that you know no 50 shades of gray going on and (laughs) i hear my grandmother (laughs) coming upstairs and she opens the door and then you just see me laying in my bed i'm like hey hey what's up man how you doing because that's where i call her uh nan uh, for nanny. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, now, guys, I'm 22 at this time. I'm in the mm-hmm. bed. Remember I said that my wife was in the bed with me. So if I'm in the bed, she's hiding. She hid in the closet. <laughs> she was hiding in the closet on top of a tote and that waiting a for woman. her to leave. My grandmother then was like, do you have somebody up here? I'm like, no, I don't have anybody up here. She's like, you better not have that little hussy up here and this time, blah, blah, blah. And my, <laughs> my wife is hearing my grandmother talk about her, right? Mm-hmm. After that night, I I really sat with myself and I'm like, Sharif, there's got to be a better way, bro. Like you are not doing this the right way. You are literally your 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 girlfriend is sitting on a tote in 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 this kind of like three by four closet. What are you doing? And 
it was at that point, like, uh, so she came out and I'm like, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And she stayed there with me. Many girls would not do that, you know? And yeah. actually her friends were telling her, like, you need to leave that little boy child. Like, that's what you need to do. You need to leave him. And uh, she was like, no, like, I'm not going to leave because I see once he gets over this hump, he's going to be the man that I know he is, right? And she betted on me. It was Russian roulette, but she won. And she was right. Mm-hmm. After that night, I'm like, something's got to change. So I go and I look for an apartment. And then I find uh, my apartment. So it takes you to the story now of the original question that you asked um, (laughs) about like, when did it happen? I recall this one time when I'm in my apartment and my mother and my grandmother are there and they're having this argument. We're having this argument. They're so convinced that I just like love children uh, so much. Like I'm really good with kids, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't have to have kids around me all the time. My grandmother's just like uh, so convinced, like you can be a babysitter, you can this, you can that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I don't love kids that much to be a babysitter. So my wife then is like, no, he really doesn't like kids that much. So my grandmother's like, who are you to tell us that, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? You and my mother, y'all need to leave. Bye. Get out of my apartment, please. And mm-hmm. I kicked them out. When I say my balls swole <laughs> so big, yeah. I felt like King Kong. I was so happy. I'm like going throughout the house like, yeah, I got this, you know? (laughs) And so that was one isolated incident that I can recall finally feeling myself and gaining my confidence and not being fearful of if I kick them out, will this relationship be severed? It's like, no, this is your mom. She'll be pissed off, but you guys are going to talk again. And in the meantime, you get uh, bonus points with your chick, you know? Exactly. (laughs) And I'm sure once you say no and like, kick them out once that it just gets easier and easier and they that kind of the shock factor goes away for them they're like oh yes. yeah he's done it before like i know that we're still gonna talk it's not gonna go bad he's not kicking me out of his life exactly exactly and you know it's it's a uh, difficult i know for the mom because when you're in that uh kind of a uh, position you finally see your child as an adult mm-hmm. and as their own kind of person and not just, not just like your uh, child, as in something to be uh, possessed, but something that you give to the world, and kind of trust mm-hmm. the world to uh, trust what you put in them for them to conquer this world. And so, with my mother, you know, she when when that incident happened, of course, like she harbored that in her heart, I'm sure, and it caused a little bit of edginess and like some uh, rough patches in our relationship, but. She even came to her own head like, you know what? This is my son. This is who he is. This is his decision. And I have to respect it to the point that, you know, when I uh, told her that I was going to uh, uh, propose to my wife, um, I said, what do you think? And and then I showed her the ring. She's like, "Okay, this is cool. Yeah, this is nice. I said, so, mom, what do you think? And she said to me something that ask. Right. Is it bigger than my ring? Right. No, she did not. <laughs> she did not. She's like, it better not be. Yes. Oh, no. She did not pull a, a who was that, Liz? Was that Liz? No, that, that no, was, no, that's uh, not Liz. Kelly. Um, Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. She did not pull a Kelly ring on me. <laughs> Whew. Oh she did gosh. not do that. Um, Sorry, I had to add that in. <laughs> right. But uh, no, so that did not happen. But, mm-hmm. um, but what she did to me, well, what she said to me was something that at first I didn't like at first, but... I appreciated it enough. I asked mm-hmm. her, what did she think? And she said, if you like it, I love it. And Aww. I wanted her to be like, oh, this is so beautiful. And she didn't give me all that, but that would have been fake. She said, mm-hmm. if you like it, I love it. And that right there showed me that was a level of support that she matured into to say that yep. whatever you decide, son, I'm going to ride these wheels until they fall off. And so I'll be there uh, for you. And so I think that that moment was a defining moment for both of us okay. to let me know that, yeah, she's mm-hmm. uh, she's got me and she won't make things difficult for me like it was in the past. Yeah, that shows growth on her end as well, which is which right. is really great to hear about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I what we can hope is that Sharif and Emily oh. and Layla will get to that point. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. I really, like, really I mean, don't. Like, know. We're crossing our fingers. <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. So, like, little. I I don't know if this would be like a spoiler alert or not, but you know, I I I see that we're on like their twitters and such. 
Yeah. Do yeah, you yeah. think that Shakib and Emily are still together? I don't know because uh, I had listened to a podcast. I forgot. I forgot who it was, but she's also covering uh, I Love His Mama's Boy. And she did an interview with Emily Shakib and Layla. Oh, wow. And so their relationship, I don't, it, it kind of changed like some, some viewpoints that I had too. It's that mm. they, they seem a lot closer in that interview than they do on the show. In the show, they kind of seem like, eh, like, you know, yeah. like they don't seem like, like it seems like it could end, you yeah. know, it doesn't seem like they're that invested in each other. Right. But like, according to the podcast, like it seems like she believes in Shakib's acting career and all this mm. stuff. And maybe his mom doesn't really agree with that. Mm. And so like, that's kind of. She wants him to pursue his dreams and stuff like that. And I don't think the show's really showing that as much. Mm. So I think that there may, may be something deeper that we're not seeing on the show. Makes sense. And they could possibly be together. But all, at the same time, she's posting a lot yeah. about like how, how everyone's telling her to run. And she's right. like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, her Twitter is <laughs> definitely that. feeding into a lot of like people yeah. talking like that. Right. I don't know if she's just trying to troll us. You know, I don't, I don't know I what's know. happening. No, because I was thinking that too. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, that's funny as you say that. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't really know. But Layla was on the podcast too, so she eventually came in. That's so and, interesting. You know, yeah, so you guys should listen to it. I'll, right. I'll send you a link. I forgot who it was, who it was with. But um, yeah, so do we want to go more into the show? We're kind of talking about the show now. Let's do it. So um, anything that you that you've seen on the show that reminds you of a relationship that <laughs> I guess we kind of talked about that. any trigger you, situations. Do, yeah. Do you hold hands with your mom when you go get mis- massages right. together? Or... Right. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I actually don't. Um, but there, there, there are some, uh, some similarities of course that I see uh, with my own stories with these guys um, and uh, their moms and the girlfriends. Um, <clears throat> there's also, some similarities that I see with these uh, gentlemen with what I put in the book. Um, mm-hmm. I interviewed uh, like over a thousand men who identified oh, yeah. as uh, mama's boys. And when I came up with the mama's boys uh, types, I saw that there, um, that there were four types and it was just like a common thing that I saw between all of these men. And so like the first type is called uh, the suckling. The second type is called the minor. The third one is called the hood rich. And the fourth one is called the partner. So the suckling, this man is um, more so, he was never equipped to be what a typical like man would be, I guess, like with the responsibilities and that kind of autonomous feel. He was never equipped, but his mother was abusive toward him. So she kind of forced him into this life of grow up once she was over it because of her own uh, personal trepidations. So I've had like conversations with men who have felt abused. And the reason I call it the suckling in the book is because um, there is uh, like a cow sucks off of his mother, it's, um, its mom's udder. The mother, in order to make the cow go off, it kicks the little calf. And sometimes like these calves can get uh, kicked so hard by uh, this blunt trauma that it causes them to die. So that's kind of what happens with like these men. The moms mm-hmm. kind of kill the boy side in them and the man side uh, simultaneously because they're asking him to grow up or they're forcing him to grow up and they never gave him the tools. And then there's like the minor. The minor is the man who like he's at his mom's hip all the time. And his main, his main problem is he doesn't have the ability to decide for himself. He just doesn't trust himself. And so he makes his mother the authoritarian, the author of his life, you know. And then there's the hood rich. Uh, the hood rich. I I don't know if you girls like remember the song, but uh, it was a song back in like in 2000 uh, from big uh, from big timers. It was like uh, um, uh, got uh, paid my rent and all my money spent, <laughs> but that's okay. So and I feel like he was I talking that. about like a little live show you yeah. got going here. <laughs> <laughs> and um. One of the buyers, he said, uh, I got everything in my mama name. And that's when I got that oh, from, like, the Hood Rich. Gotcha. Yeah, Hood Rich is the guy who has everything in his mom's name. Basically, she uh, she takes care of him like she's outpatient care. You know, she uh, takes care of his finances, housing. So Liz? Boom. 
Exactly. <laughs> that would be yes, like oh that God. would be the example, right? She would be like the the type of uh, a person who would enable this hood rich kind of boy. And yeah. then you have uh, the partner. The partner is basically like we talked about before, like that vacuum. The partner is the mm-hmm. man who had to step up and be everything to his mom because either like dad oh. wasn't there or like um, she uh, she got uh, her heart broken. She may have been a single mom like me. I recall my mother having uh, boyfriends over and I would mm-hmm. be like her her main boyfriend and I would kind of like protect her from these guys. And I could see how I can even sabotage her happiness because I was like, these dudes are going to leave and I'm going to be right here because I've seen you cry before. I've seen you be uh, heartbroken. So these mothers, and it's not like they intentionally try to put their lives on their uh, children, but they don't have really anybody else for an outlet that they can trust all that much. So they give it to their sons. Yeah. So it's like these four types. And I see uh, similarities like with these men. Like, for instance, for me, Jason and Annette have more of a partner a relationship like how she mm-hmm. says like my husband worked long hours and uh, she said that she was young like how i factored she seemed like she may have been either a uh tw- between 20 or 22 when she yeah, had I jason think she was really young yeah. right my mother had me when uh she was 20 so mm-hmm. i kind of grew up with my mom you know like my grandparents actually lived next door to us so there were times that my mother uh would go places and she would tell me don't tell uh, nanny where I'm going, right? Uh, tell her that I'm going here. That's because my mother was still operating like a kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? She was young. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with my mom. And so for me, my mother seemed like more of a friend and a sister type. And my grandmother mm-hmm. seemed like more of the mom. So I can identify with like uh, the partner. They grew up together, you know? So yeah. I see these uh, similarities with these guys in here. Um, and it's just quite interesting to kind of see how this all plays out with these episodes. Yeah. So does does your mom make some bang ass uh, meatballs too? Or no? <laughs> you know what? She does not. I don't know what's going on with those meatballs, but it has to be something. She has something. I mean, over we saw it in two episodes. Two episodes. I mean, like they they are yeah. getting their meatball on like twice a week at <laughs> exactly. least. Exactly. Exactly. So. I'm like, it's, it's, I don't know, something about those meatballs. I don't know. Well, Maybe so much so that Justina can't, to can't replicate it either. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> That's true. She tries, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so who do you think has the healthiest relationship on the show? Wow. That's a good question. Really hard question. You know question. what? Um, for me, either healthy or unhealthy, I can't really say yet because I want to mm-hmm. see how the show kind of uh how it uh plays out but yeah that's true see i yeah like i really can't answer to see if it's healthy yet all Mm -hmm. i'm seeing is uh rough patches right now between all of them that's like for me i'm seeing the main source of uh uh lila and uh shakib and emily oh obviously it's like it's a mixture of ethnicity religion you know so Mm -hmm. It's like mm-hmm. this inclusivity and uh, diversity that America has kind of been having to accept because like we're more open and especially like if you're uh, in uh, the millennial generation, it's like, I don't really care what your color is. Do you use this hashtag? You're my peoples. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of how it goes. And she's more like exclusive. Uh, Layla is mm-hmm. more like, you know, you're, you're not from my culture. This you're not, you probably don't have my beliefs. I don't want you for my son because this isn't how we do it. Um, yeah. Because of that, that comes off a bit, a, a bit, uh, uh, sort of prejudice in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for that, I would say that's like unhealthy, you know? And I, I, I can even go like to Annette and Jason, like I said before, like that, there's like that partner there. Uh, it's it's uh, that partner thing there. And where she's saying like, I will, I literally cry every time you guys go even an hour away to go back home. You know, and so like that level of emotion and somewhat guilt that you would place on your son because you want him to stay bound uh, to you, which I understand, like you love your son, you love your kid, like you want him to be as close to you as you can. But that kind of responsibility on him is a lot. That would be unhealthy, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Kelly and Matt, I'm in Kim. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like. For me, I like, mean, who's the real couple? And Kim and Matt, or is it Kim and Matt? Seriously, and I think for me, I now 
I know you didn't ask this, but I think like the most unhealthy so far that I'm seeing is yeah. how Kelly is being. And it's only because she acknowledges that she likes uh, Kim, but she picks at her intentionally. That's a bully. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I recall there was one scene where, uh, you know, they were both had the same robe on. Great job, <laughs> yeah. Matt. You know, I'm like, <laughs> but Interesting. they both had the That's same a whole other thing. <laughs> right. And as Kim is leaving, so they can have their, uh, what do they call it? Like their uh, tea time, nappy nappy? Tea time, time sleepy, sleepy time, time tea. Sleepy time tea. So they can have like their sleepy time tea. Sleepy time tea. <laughs> While Kim is walking away, uh, Kelly's like, you know, uh, she's kissing oh, at her. Yeah. And she, I thought, wow, you're picking. And that's not cool, you know? Yeah. So there's like that bullying aspect. And then you have Liz, Mike, and Stephanie, where for me, I just think that's more of a trauma bonding. You know, Liz lost her husband. And mm-hmm. I don't know uh, what it was to, like uh, what the illness may have been, but obviously but, she doesn't want her son to experience the same kind of genetic well, downfall. I think it, it was something that attributed to him being overweight. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that's why she wow. is very health conscious. Wow. So you kind of kind of figure out, you know, right. why she is the way that she is. Right. At least, you know, she's just like, no chicken parm for you. Right. Right. So for me, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, like with the chicken parm and he ate yeah. like the black salmon or something like uh, uh, the darkened salmon. So it's like, I can't really say too much about it being healthy, but this is what I believe. I think that if these mm-hmm. mothers were to deal with their deepest fears and they could uh, sort of conquer like their deepest fears mm-hmm. with letting go of their sons in a way that will cause him to feel more comfortable in the relationship he's in with his mate then I think all of them would be healthy. But I mean, yeah. you know, there are uh, really two, there's really two principles that always drive us. It's either pleasure or it's pain. Either you're trying to run away from pain or you're trying to run to pleasure, you know? And so yeah. the pain aspect, especially with a mother who has a mom's boy, is that you don't want harm or hurt to come to your son. And so it's, mm-hmm. that, it's that pain and it's that fear of that pain and so you run towards like the pleasure of what can I do to satisfy my deepest need of wanting my son to be okay. So, so like, I don't, I don't have that fear in me. And so you just do these type of things that you see lay out in the show. It's, it's very interesting to see. I, I, and now talking to you and getting kind of like a backstory, I think I'm going to be mm-hmm. watching the show tonight in a different like light. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is yeah, be very like, interesting. You definitely should. And Shelby, I know that you said, you know, like you uh, you weren't in a relationship with a mama's boy. Yeah. You, you, you know, you don't know what that's like. But I think that for women, um, most times what I see, because like I counsel uh, couples, I've been uh, doing that now for like uh, some years. And what I see is a common issue that uh, women have is women trying to be the alchemist in their men's life, which means, you know, like they're trying to change. They think, you know, like they have mm-hmm. the power to change their men and make them do what they know they can do. And that's the issue that a lot of women have, especially the ones uh, who reach out to me when it deals like with uh, mama's boys. I always say this, a woman has to understand that she should not be a force to be reckoned with, but she should be a force of change. And the only way that you can literally change a man is not by push, you have to pull him in order to change. Because, like, if someone tries to push you to change, uh, you know, like, so for instance, like, somebody comes to you, uh, Shelby and Courtney, and they're like, I want you guys to work out, you know, and you're like, okay, no, you need to do it. Because if you don't, you're going to die. You're going to be unhealthy and fat and slop and blah, 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 you know, and uh, so they're giving you all these things to work out. And then I'm two boxes deep in mac and cheese after that. Boom. So, right. So, like, even if you do it for a day or two days or for a week, you're gonna go back to your original habits and behaviors. And it's because someone pushed you to change. But if you pull me, if you attract me, if you make it look sexy to me, if you make me standing on my own two feet and being the man that you see attractive, I'm gonna do whatever I can to be that man. And that Mm -hmm. is the benefit and the power that women have. You all have like that power of uh, persuasion. You know, mm-hmm. rather someone wants to say, 
it's on your head or it's in between your legs. Like whatever it is, you have mm-hmm. that power <laughs> and you can pull a man to change, but you have to be somebody who I'm like, I want to change for you because you make it yeah. so sexy and not yeah. because you make it a daunting task, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just think like, even for the girlfriends um, or uh, like the fiance, you know, like that's what I would say. Like, just, just like really be a force of change and not a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. We can kind of see that with Shakib and Emily, though. I mean, like, he's changing a little bit. The first yeah. couple episodes, we were like, there's no hope. No. Right. <laughs> now he's, like, defying his mom. Right. And it's just like, he's going to get in some big trouble. Right. He's going to be sleeping in a tent in the backyard in the next episode. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's happening tonight. <laughs> I, I even can like, see that, though. Yeah. I even said that. I mean... I said it in a lot meaner of a way than you did with your advice. But I was like, I feel like Shakib didn't really care that much for Emily. And that's why he wasn't changing. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really like, I guess, rude way for me to put it. But <laughs> I mean, your advice, it makes sense. Like if he's seeing that she's a person that he really wants to be with, he's like, oh, I need to change my ways so that I can be with her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that definitely makes and, sense. And yeah, it um like, that's definitely what happens you know uh like i said again like women you you all have that uh persuasive uh power and i liked the scene that uh, shakib you know after he left the date on valentine's day and looked after (laughs) his mother's swollen knee you know and then he came back like the next day to kind of like apologize uh, to emily uh, you know take her out shopping and all that what i liked about it was her tone you know she was like it's not that, uh, you know, like I'm trying to make you, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's not that I don't care about your mom and her not being healthy and all that, you know, babe, it's just, and her, her kind of like speaking in that soft tone to kind of reassure him, I'm not against your mother. I just mm-hmm. want you to be more for me when it matters. I think that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And those type yeah. of tones, like, it's not what you say. It's like how you say it and the tone that you sure. give with it, you know, like, a person can look at you and say, I love you. And and you're like, ooh, I felt that. Or a person can say, <laughs> I love you. And you're like, uh, you? I need a little bit more. Like, do you? <laughs> do you? Right. You know, so <laughs> that's the kind of vibe that I think Emily was given was like the first one. Like looking him in the eyes and letting him know I'm for you. And because I'm for you, I'm for the BS that comes with the mommy drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm for that because I want to be with you. And I just think that if more women, and this is the reason why I say that, um, I do have a habit of not explaining it like this because at times when people go on my YouTube videos and hear me saying what women need to do, women need to do, it's like, well, what about the man? And this time, blah, blah, blah. Um, chances are, if you are a woman with a mama's boy, you that man does not all the way agree with him being a mama's boy, he doesn't see himself because he's not holding up a mirror to himself, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like the outsider looking in. So I like to give women like the strategies and the tools because it's like, you're the one that's going to be able to help foster how your relationship with your guy is going to be. You're the one that has the complaint. The chances that a man is going to stop being a mama's boy if he's already if he already is one is slim to none. He's either going to stay in the unhealthy, toxic uh, relationship that he's in with his mom, or he's going to be reformed. And he's still going to have that close-knit relationship, but it'll be enough that you can say, I can be okay with this, you know? And so if you're in this type of relationship, like anybody who's listening, if you are in one with a, uh, with a mom's boy, this, this is a unique relationship, and you have to have a lot of patience and tolerance for this type because it's not easy. It wasn't easy for my wife. It wasn't easy for the many women that I've spoken to. It's never going to be easy in the future, you know? And I mean, but that's just what it is. I definitely want to say that your your wife sounds like a very strong woman to kind of help you grow, <laughs> yeah. grow through this yeah. transition process and all the stories that you've told us. She sounds like mm-hmm. definitely a great, yeah. great person. A keeper. <laughs> right. She's, and, and that's why I held on, you know? I, yeah. I held on. I was like, either you're crazy um either you like or or you just have like some deep insecurities within yourself or you really just love me like that you know (laughs) um i'm choosing to say it's the latter you know she just loves me like that (laughs) but um yeah i mean there it's it's a lot and you have to be a certain you have to be a certain type of woman 
to kind of tolerate and your threshold of of pain has to be really great because it does come with a lot being in a relationship with a man who's like that I mean, I give all these women in this show props, like all the girlfriends and fiancés. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the craziest thing have you, that you've seen on the show so far, do you think? <laughs> um, you know, that 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 lingerie rose thing was just <laughs> Yeah. That was that was that was a big one for me. That was a big one. You know, <laughs> you I, can't it, see yourself in that position? I can't I cannot, no. I cannot see my lady and my mother wearing this, like me buying the same thing for them. That's, that's, that's like the weirdest thing ever to me. And so, you know, that's just like, I've already kind of been in the situation where my wife and I, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, she'd come to the apartment and she'd, um, she would, uh, well, I'll, I want to say it was my apartment, but it's not really an apartment. It was my mom's house. She would come upstairs and I was living in my mom's house, you know? So we were being like boyfriend, girlfriend and all that. So I can understand how that feels in terms of, um, I like Kelly, but, um, yeah, we're in the road. That was just, that was really bizarre. <laughs> that was really bizarre. And the fact that she came out, come on ladies. Like that was, come on now. Do you I have think to it's just her being a bully. Right. Yeah. She's definitely right. Just like she's wearing it. I want to wear it. I'm gonna look better than her in it if I wear it. Like just, just trying to be a bully. <laughs> exactly. And what do you think about them possibly moving like into like their garage? <laughs> it. When I, I think they gotta that, get out. They yeah. Gotta... <laughs> all I heard was dun dun dun. You know, it's it, it yeah. was like that. That's not. That's the thing about it. Because if you allow yourself to still kind of, like I said before, have like that outpatient care, mm-hmm. like right now your mother is financing you guys. And so anybody who finances you is your investor. And if they're your investor, they have a say in the decisions you make. And so, you know, it's like you can't get out of her reins if you are staying in their outhouse. Yeah, because she said some, like, really toxic thing saying, like, oh, you're not appreciative of of this house that we're building for you on our lot. Yeah. And she's wow. like, I, I mean, I'd appreciate it, but I want to get the hell out of here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, please let me leave. Oh exactly. Exactly. I don't know. That's just, it's just a lot. And I'm, again, like, like you said, my heart really goes out to them. And I think they're all brave, especially on social media. Like, I know there are a oh, lot yeah. of people, um. <laughs> who are coming at um is it Matt uh saying that uh, you know he may be gay or something like that or he may oh, not you know Shelby, Shelby. my Shelby's I'm not pointing me. elbows if if anybody sees me my elbows are pointing at Shelby but I'm not pointing at Shelby really you know I said it once I said it once I feel bad I don't know <laughs> I'm indifferent <laughs> me too I'm indifferent now me too no but yeah I I have it, it it's a friend of mine that I know and he is he's not metro like mm-hmm. he has mm-hmm. women ways about him like he has yeah. very feminine uh, behavior and there were a lot of times mm-hmm. that you know people be like oh my god is, is he gay I think he's gay he's playing on the wrong side of the team you know like all those comments would be made and he has yeah. a, a a wife and children and he's not he's not on a deal like I know him very well he's he's very mm-hmm. secure in uh, being heterosexual but he just has these female ways about him but as i kind of saw you know his father wasn't really uh, present in his life and he gravitated more towards women and these happened to be older women so he kind of mimicked their behaviors he like kind of walks like an older woman he has these behaviors as an older woman Mm -hmm. but he's heterosexual and so it's like you know that could be the case you know for matt could be i don't know i don't know but um we'll see i guess (laughs) we'll see how it pans out no i i think i should be very aware of that i did have a relationship with a guy that was had a lot of female qualities about him like he would dress he would have a lot of he he had really good style like he would wear scarves he would do all the things that some people would be kind of like look at him like are you sure 
that mm. you're into girls. Like right. he, would, he would sing, go to musicals. He would do do a lot of the stereotypical yeah. things yeah, that stereotypical. you stereotypical female things. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you would think would maybe a gay guy would do, but he definitely was straight. Right. So. How was that? How was that uh, for you being in that type of relationship, Shelby? Um, it it was. I mean, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. I didn't because obviously, like I saw the more like manly side of him. I didn't really like notice those parts. I was just like, oh, he has really nice style. But I feel like right. if I was an outsider looking in, then maybe I would be like, oh, he's wearing like a scarf. Oh, he wants more scarves for Christmas. That's interesting. <laughs> he wants to go see like a Broadway show. Okay. <laughs> Those are, those are easy Christmas gifts, Shelby. So yeah. I don't understand why you're complaining. I, I mean, no, like I, bought, scarf I bought him a scarf. <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. But, no, I think if I was an outsider looking in, I would maybe be like, what's going on? But, like, being inside of that, yeah, I didn't really, it didn't really bother me. I didn't really take too much of a notice to it. Mm, yeah. I get that. Do you have any uh, advice for any of these people, you think, Sharif? Um... <laughs> You know, uh, I guess, I guess for the moms, like it would Mm -hmm. literally just be your whole role since, since your son's birth is to protect, to provide and to be the paramour of this boy's life. And then Mm -hmm. he grew up like the child grew up to become an adult male. And I think for the moms, it's, I would say the same things. um, You know what? I would say this for the mothers for the men and also for their mates. I would say Mm -hmm. inside every king, there's a kid. And so if you're familiar with the story of uh, Arthur and the Sorcerer's Stone, it's like, you know, like Arthur's like this skimpy little kid and his brother is uh, practicing to be a knight, right? And so he's about to go into like this little competition and his brother says, hey, go get my sword and all that. Arthur runs back home because he's like his uh, little golf cart boy. He runs back home to try to get uh, the sword, can't find it. So he's running back, and then he sees this sword that's just set in this stone. And as we all know it, Arthur, he pulls it out. And everybody in the country had tried to pull out this sword to become the next king. And here it is, this little kid pulls the sword out of the stone, this frail boy. What, Mm -hmm. What you can learn from that is... Arthur may have been a kid, but there was a king in him. Mm-hmm. And so the same way for him is the same way for any young man who was raised, especially by his mother, who has a strong presence in his life. You're not just raising a child. You're raising someone who's going to be a king. Mm-hmm. And so you have to instill kingship in him while he's young so that when he gets older, he's secure, he's confident in himself. Now, one thing that I do want to say is, you know, if anybody who watches the show, obviously they can see that all of these guys, they work, you know, like they have jobs, um, hardworking uh, from what I see. So sometimes we can get so um, blinded by a man's actions that we don't see what's going on in the inside. Like we don't really assess him too much. And so like you can be a hardworking man who makes a lot of money. Um, and still have these mama's boys traits. It just, it may not be on the financial end, but it may be on the emotional end. So I would just literally say for everybody, uh, for the mom, you're raising a king. For the man, you, there is a king in you. Sometimes we resort yeah. back like uh, to our uh, to our kid's side, like Mike. Uh, Stephanie said, yeah. you know, he's like the alpha male with all the friends and all that. But when he goes back to his mom, it's like he becomes this little boy. And that really confused her. You know, that's because she brings the kid out of him. But Stephanie and everybody else just needs to realize that there is a king inside every kid. And so sometimes, especially for the women, you are going to see that your man will resort to like this childlike behavior. And as much as this may turn you off, you know, like you instantly get dry. Don't want it, you know, but it's like. It's like he there's still a king in him. You you just have Mm -hmm. to see past those moments. And if those moments become less of moments and they become like habitual behavior, you really have to ask yourself as the woman, as the mate to this man, do I have the stomach to deal with this type of man? And if you don't, it's okay to bow out uh, gracefully. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we fall in love with a person's potential, but we don't see the person for who they really are. 
And so like, it's just smart not to fall in love with potential, but to uh, fall in love with the real, like what's going on right now. And just ask yourself, can I do this? If yes, let's go, baby. And if not, chalk up the deuces. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice. I think that's a really great place to end it. Sharif, do you have any more to bring to us or anything? Um, anything you want to say? Just want anything to you say want to talk about? Anybody who has not listened to Popcorn Hoes, you need to listen <laughs> to Popcorn Hoes. Shelby and Courtney are the definition of popcorn hoes. For anybody who does not know what that means, it's just uh, basically, oh, well, you know, you have your... Maybe we, maybe we should explain it for yes, you. Yeah, let's explain yes, it. Like, like, you have your Monday through Thursday, but when it's uh, Friday, Saturday, you know how oh, to yeah, show really... up, pop up, turn up, turn out, <laughs> and do your you thing. I wish you guys could see. Cordy is flicking her hair right now. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> sleepy fingers. Oh my god. Sleepy fingers. Um, hashtag sleepy fingers is also trending on Please. Twitter. Yes, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, but yeah, uh, we are popcorn hoes. Uh, we we came up with that and uh, Shelby found it somewhere and we were in a group chat and we named it Popcorn Hose. I love that. A couple of years ago. And we're like, let's start a podcast. And then it's like, what are we going to name it? I don't know. Popcorn host. So that's just I love that. joke. <laughs> I love that name. That's great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Sharif, it was a pleasure to have you. It was yeah. such a great conversation. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. We're, thank you. We are so informed by you today. <laughs> it was so great. And I hope that um, the cast of the show is able to listen. Yes, me too. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, and um, look out for the uh, Sharif's book that's going to come out December 31st, yeah. 2020, mm-hmm. called From the Womb to His Mate. So please, everyone, look out for that. Um, and thank you just so much for coming on. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. You brought you ladies the ladies are beautiful inside <laughs> and out, so I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you thank so much. You. I appreciate it. All right. Well, let's get into our socials then. So for Popcorn Hose, you know it. It's Popcorn Hose Pod, P-O-D, on Twitter and Instagram. And then Shelby, our email. It's Popcorn Hose Pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And then Sharif. So let's uh, hear your socials. Plug yourself. Yes, if um, <laughs> it's it's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of that is Mr. Aim, 4-I-M. So it's M-R-A-I-M, the number 4 I A M. That's on all platforms. And to uh, just temporarily, if you want to email me, if you have any questions, you can email me at 331lovelife at gmail.com. Perfect. Nice. All right. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Chalk up the deuces.